Hello out there in podcast land. Welcome back to another episode of Old Fashioned Work and Whiskey. I'm sure you noticed this is not the normal voice welcoming you on to an episode today, but Jason is out of the studio on vacation. And so I decided I'm going to go ahead and record for us today and brought in a special guest that we uh, have often mentioned on the podcast, but have not actually had sit in for an episode. So welcome, Caleb, to Old Fashioned Work and Whiskey here today. Thanks so much for having me. Yeah, you know, we have. We've given you several honor- honorable mentions on the podcast. So hopefully only good things. Well, you kind of you have to listen to know, huh? <laughs> <laughs> anyway, so what are we uh, we drinking today? We've got uh, a private stock. Um, Jason and I were in Kentucky recently, and we got to go to an experience at Barrels and Billets. So it's quite a neat little thing. They bring out this tray. There's six different types of whiskeys on the tray that are aged on different oaks. And they make you try each one differently. And then you fill out this questionnaire of what you like for your bourbons. And then they say, okay, here's how you should mix these six together to make your own custom private stock blend. And yeah. And then they're like, okay, now try different things, you know, mix them up. They give you a little ladle uh, and you take little like one milliliter, you know, samples and you mix them up differently. And, and then at the end, Whatever you like most, you can order a bottle of it. So that's what we're drinking today. And so they'll mix it exactly how you want it. Yeah. So this I, this was my preferred flavor profile from the experience. I bought a bottle and Jason bought a bottle. Um, so you and I today are going to enjoy Dr. Hyde's Woody Bourbon. Very so you, small batch. So you get to name it yourself then. So it yeah. was... Yep. I was thinking it was already labeled Dr. Hyde and you just found it because it had your name on it. <laughs> no, no, no. I, I labeled it that. Um, Jason labeled his with the podcast name that's on the shelf there that nobody can see. They'll see it in the pictures that we take eventually when we get to that bottle. But yeah, with you being here today, I, I thought, well, we'll try this uh, very small batch here. So well, let me go ahead and try it. Yeah, give it a taste. A little warm. Smell the oak on it, definitely. I like it though. But I don't know how much of that's that versus the maple. Yeah, we are also, uh, we've got the Runamuck maple cocktail syrup today, the smoked maple fashioned. I like it. So maple's a nice addition. It's not a a normal thing for me to try the maple, but it's, uh, I was thinking it'd be like pancake syrup, but it does not taste like pancake syrup. No, no, it's very, very delicious. And there's... I want to keep drinking it. Well, you will for the whole episode, right? (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> yeah it's got a little um bite on the front end but then it's real smooth and like you yeah. said you get the oakiness on the back end and then with the smoked mm-hmm. old fashioned or smoked maple you get maple you only get the maple at the very end yeah it's very sweet right at the end it's nice so today we're going to be talking about <clears throat> leaders and this uh it's almost like a part two of a, another episode that we've done where the people game and when we talked about how you're always on the search and you're always recruiting and everything. And today specifically, we're kind of bouncing off of that with a part two that's you attract who you are. And I specifically recruited you 
into office pride. And as we were kind of talking about what we might want to talk about on the podcast, <laughs> we were looking at uh, my John Maxwell leadership devotional for the day that we're recording this. And that was actually the, the name of the, the devotional was who you are is who you attract. And you and I just kind of were like, that's so true. Um, we knew that we were very similar cause we've been friends now Ten years, nine years, somewhere yeah, around there. Nine or ten years. And before you officially joined Office Pride, we also had you take the Clifton Strengths Finders, which mm-hmm. we talked about on the podcast with Don Rice, which was very interesting. I've, I've printed them out here. We knew we were similar, but then when we started <laughs> looking at our our top ten Clifton Strengths, we share, let's see, what is it here? One two, three, four, five, six. Is it really that many? Six, <laughs> one. It, it doesn't help two. that customers can't even tell us apart sometimes. And they think six, we look yeah. the same. We share six, six out of 10. Now they're not all in the same order, obviously, but yeah, six out of 10 of our top 10 are the same. And Instead then, of 35 or 34. 34, yeah. So 10 out of 34, that's a good chunk. And then, yeah, as you mentioned, our families and and customers mix us up all the time, which is really bizarre to me. For those that don't know what Caleb looks like, he he prefers the bald look. He's not bald, but he shaves his head. Uh, it's it's almost bald. You wear glasses, and and you do have a nice beard, but. I have nice, not as big as yours, <laughs> lustrous <laughs> hair on my head. I don't wear glasses and yeah, I have a bit of a crazy beard. But, I mean, we're the same, similar height, similar build. I mean, your wife almost grabbed my butt one day thinking I was you. <laughs> I yeah, would have been awkward. Um, so yeah, yeah. So I definitely had an affinity towards bringing you in and you, like you said, you're very similar. There's quite a lot in common there as far as the way we think and work in our brains. And so in that the devotional, it talks about that, right? And that's part of what makes up magnetism as a leader mm-hmm. are those different traits. So he, he also, uh, one of the point number three was magnetism is neither good or bad in itself. It all depends on what the leader does with that. So when you hear that, I have a certain set of traits and Caleb's very similar to that. That doesn't mean that those traits are good or bad. It's what I do with them. And that's where, when we look at our core values and mission statement and office pride, and even in our personal lives, you know, we, uh, I don't know that you know this, uh, I have shared it on the podcast, but I have a personal mission statement. I have heard of this. Yeah. And so that, that's drives. You got the, uh, the husband, what's husbandry? What's the husbandman? Husbandman. That's right. Yeah. And that's what drives me as a leader, as far as how I use my magnetism. Mm-hmm. Right. And and the big part there is I want to help others bear fruit in their lives. That's, that's my simple statement. Cause my mission statement's long and I've been thinking through <laughs> how do I make that shorter? Right. And that's it. Like I want to help others bear more fruit in their life whether that's in my family or in here in the business. And that's, that's what every leader should want to do. And that was a big part of wanting to recruit you. You were working for a company 
and you weren't happy. You didn't, you didn't trust your, your leaders. You you definitely didn't feel like they had your best interest at heart. It it was just a day of work that you put in, but you were always watching your back in case something bad was going to happen because it was easy to become the scapegoat and it's not healthy or fun to do that. I mean, I had jobs like that for 10 plus years and my family saw it. My, my wife saw it and they knew I wasn't happy. And so coming up here, not that it was a whole new start. It was, but to come here and actually have a business and a, a working for friends and a business that cares about me and develops me and encourages me to grow has been awesome. I mean, I was telling Kendall the other day, like, this is the first job I've had that I love. And it's been very enjoyable to be up here. And the fact that we're in the panhandle, the, the weather's been <laughs> a little nicer than central Florida. Uh, you got to experience your first, uh, we'll say, real winter. It froze more than once. <laughs> <laughs> and it, uh, come April, you weren't dying. Like in the evenings, it was still, still cool. We had a couple of cold fronts come through. It was 70 degrees last night. It was amazing. Uh, yeah. 70 degrees in May. I will take it. The end of May, like <laughs> <laughs> not even like May 1st, like we're almost out of May. So, yeah. So every leader has a measure of magnetism. Magnetism isn't good or bad. Depends on what the leader does. And then a leader's magnetism may impact others intellectually, emotionally, or volitionally. So that one is probably a little harder to unpack for people to understand how does a mag- how does someone's magnetism impact someone's life intellectually and then probably the easiest example I can think of is Steve Jobs. He had a very specific type of magnetism. Mm-hmm. But it definitely affected people intellectually cuz they realized he might be a jerk and he might be a perfectionist, but at the end of the day, he turns out really, really great products. And we need to maybe learn some lessons from him. Well, if you're surrounding yourself by people who think like you, you're not going to challenge yourself. You need to get people who are different than you so that you can learn and be challenged and figure out things and take a different perspective on what you're seeing and what you're going through. Absolutely. Well, that's point number four. Oh, sorry to jump ahead. No, no, no. The secure leaders draw both similar and complementary followers. So you would be a similar follower, mm-hmm. but a complementary follower is something. So going back to the strengths profile, right? I am very low in empathy. And I've known this about myself. This wasn't a surprise when I got my Clifton Strengths profile and it said that I'm very low on empathy. So a complimentary follower would be like Casey. She's very high empathy in our organization. And so it's good for me to be able to go down to her office and talk about a situation where I'm, you know, quote unquote, all in the heartless (laughs) and have her go, hey, well, have you looked at it this way or have you thought about it this way? Both of our empathies in the bottom 10. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. See, we're not empathetic guys. We're low communication. We're low woo, right? So it, it's important that low restorative. Yeah. We know those are blind spots. Our bottom three are the same. <laughs> <laughs> and so we have to bring people in to help us with those blind spots. And that's 
you know, part of that strengths conversation. But that's the self reflection we have to do though, as a leader, we have to see where our strengths and weaknesses are and find people that are different. It's a lot easier to find somebody that you like because they're similar to you and have them around, but to find somebody who is going to compliment and help and help your weaknesses with, with our KC that we have here with, um, I mean, Zenithia who works for me, she's, she looks at things a little differently than I do, but her work ethic is outstanding. Yeah. Well, and going back to like how leaders magnetism can affect people. Um, I, I keep thinking of the old movie. I can't remember the name of it. Glenn, Glenn Gary. Uh, it's the one where he's like, Hey, we're having a competition. First place gets a race. Second place gets steak knives or no first place gets steak knives. Second place gets fired. Um, <laughs> right. That's, that is a way to affect people emotionally. Right. But in a negative way. And then there's Heather's aunt that when we talk to her, like Heather and I both said, after a conversation with her, we just feel better about ourselves. It doesn't matter what's going on in our lives. She's that person that. And those people are awesome to talk to. Yeah. You talk to them, you come away and you're like, I am, I am a, a good person. person. Yeah. <laughs> it's so encouraging. I am a winner. Yeah. I, I do look good. I do great things. Yeah. And she's that type of, of a leader where after a conversation with her, you come away feeling pumped up about yourself and emotionally your, your cup is full and you're like, all right, I can go crush the world now. Does she want to come work for us? No, she's stuck in Nashville. <laughs> you know, that's, she's not going to be moving. I'd love man, she, as a front desk person. I'd hire her without a, like a second thought. She is that kind of person. <laughs> like she is amazing. Um, so we've got, uh, Oh, and volitionally. Um, so, you know, out of all those things we've talked about, right? The way your magnetism comes across can determine how people act, right? They It can drive them forward to want to do mm-hmm. things for the organization, or it can drive them to the point that they're like, you know what, sucker? I'm out of here. Yeah, you just wait, like, and I'm going to sabotage or whatever. That's my old job. Yeah. Where it's like, I'm going to do bare minimum or whatever I need to do to, to get through here. Like you can try to tell me what you want, but that's all I'm doing. Yeah. It's you can inspire for the bare minimum or you can inspire for greatness. Yeah. It's such a fine line between encouragement and discouragement, but there, there is no neutrality in between there. You're you're either going to make them better or worse. Like there, there is no middle. When it comes to that and it's like a piggy bank you're, you're always making a deposit or withdrawal one way or the other and at some point you're either going to overflow and share that with everybody else or you're going to be empty and you're going to break the piggy bank just trying to find anything you can well and and that's you know when you talk about people's emotional bank accounts it's one of those it's really hard to make deposits like your deposits are pennies but your withdrawals are dimes Ooh. And it's like, so you got to keep that in mind. Like you've got to constantly be feeding the piggy bank because when you need to make that withdrawal, like the withdrawal is always larger than what you're depositing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then number five, this is the one that as I've gotten older, I realize it's, it's a, it's a real trap. A leader's magnetism never remains static. And as we, as we get a little older, the temptation there is, 
it's easy to think this was just last year. And then all of a sudden you realize that was five years ago. We're getting old. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) And it's like, actually things have changed a whole lot in five years, but in our brains, like it, it was just yesterday. I mean, we were joking about this in the hallway the other day where I was like, I can understand older people now where in their brains, you know, they're like, man, I they can still they, do that. Yeah. They think they're 20 years old. How, why would they think that? And working, I'm like, I'm there uh, at working you know, on my house. My knees hurt so bad. Yeah. You're like, oh, I can go down and spend a weekend renovating this tiny house that we're going to make an Airbnb and I'll get it done. And you came back and you were like, I'm out for three days. <laughs> you were like, you know, in my head. This was no, no deal. No big deal. And should have just paid the guy to do it. (laughs) Yeah. We're reaching that point in our lives where those things just, if we start weighing cost benefit analysis, it's not just the day of work. It's the, it's the recoup times that you need afterwards. And what's it's, uh, I forget who I was talking to about this, but I was like, man, you know, I remember being in youth group and our pastor and some of the, the dads would play like pickup basketball with us. You know, and they'd be out there and most of the time they'd crush us. But I'm looking at it now and being almost those guys ages. And I'm like, sure, absolutely. I could play one game of basketball (laughs) with some young whippersnappers and I could probably crush them. But then I'm like, I'd pay for it the next two days. Oh, yeah. (laughs) I don't I don't move as fast as I used to. But I look at my granddad. I mean, he's he's still. 83 years old when I moved up here he was helping me pack up the truck but then he's also said I can do this for one day (laughs) he goes tomorrow I want to be laying down all day long yeah yeah so it's it's so true there things don't remain static not only our bodies but our magnetism as a leader changes Um, because in our 20s our leadership magnetism was probably more based on grit, determination, and go get itness. Mm-hmm. And now, as we're approaching forty, our leadership—did <laughs> you? Did that hurt? Oh yeah, it did. <laughs> our leadership magnetism is—we've got a little bit of experience. We've gone through some stuff. We've been there, done that a little bit. Well, when I look at the people that work with me and for me. I still feel like some of these 25 year old kids. I mean, I'm so I'm calling them a kid and they're only 25. I mean, they're 25, but yeah, I'm in my mind. I am still one of them, but then I realize, Oh no, Mike, I have kids five years younger than him. I mean, I've got an 18 year old. Yeah. That's crazy. <laughs> it, so, it is when you start thinking about. And so as you have, as a leader, like you think of the experience and the different things you have, but now you can't relate to some people that are younger than you because now you are that old guy. Yeah. And so you have to take that into account now too of we might be similar, but at the same time, there are so many years difference between us now. When I think probably the most important part of that point is it's just like intellect. People tend to fall into the trap to think you're either born smart or you're born dumb and they look at intellect as fixed, not as something that it's always moving, always changing. And that's one thing we've tried to drive home to our kids is 
you have to exercise your brain. It's a muscle just like anything else in your mm-hmm. body, and you can get smarter and you can learn more, but you have to work at it. Yep. If this isn't a natural thing. And of course, some people obviously do have genetics that help them be more intellectually advanced than others. But I will take take the person that studies extra hard and puts the extra work in to try and learn it versus the person that knows it comes easy and doesn't do anything with it. But it's the same thing here, right? Leadership magnetism is the same thing, right? We're not fixed. It's not that you're either born a good leader or a, a bad leader. No leadership is learned. Leadership is learned and it has, and it's never fixed, right? We have to always be flexing that and growing and listening stretching to ourselves. podcasts, reading books, going to conferences. And that's, and that's what I like about here. Y'all have put me into different conferences and groups and the, the SCI um, class that I'm taking the leadership courses. And it's great. Y'all, y'all believe in me enough to help develop me in that. But in the end, it's just for y'all to have a better company. Yeah. A bad leader is a bad thing. A good leader is always going to help exponentially because yeah. they only in help grow other leaders. Yeah. It's, it's one of those things that oftentimes in the past, I think it's changing in society right now. Leaders would not hire someone who was smarter or a better leader than they were for fear of you being usurped. But I think that's changing in, in the leadership yes. you know, paradigm out there that it's like, no, a good leader is someone who surrounds himself with people who are smarter than confident he is. leaders. Yes. Confident leaders, not afraid of somebody smarter than him. A secure leader as they, they put it in the devotional. Um, I'll just throw that anywhere. Um, <laughs> but yeah, absolutely. It's one of those, it, it's, you have to be attracting people. It's easy to attract people who are like yourself. It's much harder to realize your blind spots. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, big shout out to Don Rice there that can help you find some of those weaknesses or, or lesser talents. Excuse me, Don. Um, <laughs> and those blind spots, those areas where you're not as strong that you need to find those complimentary people to recruit in your organization and help shore things up so that you you don't have two guys who are unempathetic and unwoo. Uh, We need people who are full of empathy and we need the full gamut of folks. Yeah. Right. The 34 talents, there's not good talents and bad talents. They're, they're just talents, but when they're lower for you, you need to pull others in to help you with it. Well, thank you, Caleb, for joining us today. On Thanks for having me. I'm glad to be here. Old-fashioned working whiskey here. And I don't know what we'll call this episode, but we'll come up with something. Magnetic leaders or... Oh, yeah, let's go with magnetic leadership. <laughs>